0: Have you ever seen Mission Impossible? And uh, I've only seen a few. I haven't seen them all. But what flashes? I, I wrote down on my notes: time-sensitive material. And when the the guy gets the mission, he he gets told what the mission is, and then he says, uh, "You can either you have five seconds or whatever to choose or accept this mission." And then the thing blows up. And then at that point, he's in. At that point, he's in. And you grab your bag of popcorn and you sit down and and he doesn't get out. He has a mission and that's what he does for the rest of the show. And I know it's a money-making scheme and it's a show, but the idea is when he accepts it, he's in. He's all in. So this morning, I, I feel impressed in my spirit. I've got a few verses, but I'd, I'd like to start by just refreshing our minds as to what God has been saying the last number of weeks. Because I think God has spoken and shared and given us some of his thoughts, and I don't want to be negligent and just bypass them. And this year, we have our theme is, As You Go, Advancing the Kingdom. And then we have, as part of that, it was one of the tools or one of the vehicles to help us understand that or to to make it easier to do or understand or apply, we've done the I pray and one for two. And by the way, if if any of you need any of those, let me know. We still have them. But we shared with with the, the thought of I pray and one for two where one of us is praying for two. Or one family is praying for two families. So we shared that. And then January 19th, we were... Blessed to have evangelist Daniel and Jessica King. You remember when he he shared on evangelism? And one of the illustrations he had was was he had my son Joshua sitting here, grabbing chairs and grabbing speakers, and then he had a group of people here, and they went out and got souls. And then he did an interesting example of, of, of a group of us all looking in, and then he showed what it looks like to reach out. Does anybody remember that? Good. Good. I'm trying to bring it back to your memory because I think God was speaking to us. I think God was giving us some ideas and some thoughts on how he likes to operate. And and Brother Daniel shared with us five aspects of how to share the gospel and how to bring the gospel. A very... From my time in the in, in church and in my experience to me it was so simple and so clear and and yet so profound and it was biblical it wasn't buy him a big Mac and try to get he showed it from the scriptures as to how Christ shared the gospel then pastor Nelson shared he shared one of the one of the passages or one of the thoughts that he shared I just want to read it to you because it it jumped out at me. A couple couple things. The priority of how Jesus operated was love. You might want to write that down because that's something you don't want to forget. Everything that Jesus did was found and based and rooted in love. Pastor Nelson shared on, on walking in love, and how the kingdom, everything in the kingdom relates to how Christ, when he was on earth, he was saying this is how the kingdom operates. And everything that he did was from the basis, from, um, from the thought, and from the uh, backdrop of love. Even when he was angry in the temple and he threw it over, why did he do that? Was he ap- upset with Him? He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And it was the zeal of God, his love for God's house that drove him to do that. And we've just celebrated one of the most celebrated holidays in the world called Valentine's Day. How many of us guys got it right this year? I did. Hallelujah. I got it right. I started early. I actually bought the flowers ahead of time instead of trying to tell my wife if we bought them afterwards, they'd be cheaper. That doesn't work, guys. That doesn't work. But it's all about love. This world is all about love. And this world craves love. You don't think so? You look on the internet and you Google up love songs, and I tell you, there's country songs, there's pop songs, there's hip-hop, there's rap songs. And, and love is a theme that goes through all of them. Achy-breaky heart. I don't know it, but I've heard of it. Okay? This crazy little thing called love. What's love got to do with it? All these songs and all these, and what it is, it's love. And what you find, even the movies, if they can grab you with love, they throw that out there. But what I find is, as I was thinking about that and looking at them, all these things, when they, when they portray love, what they portray is what it means to me. When they show love, it's, it's my achy-breaky heart Another one is, I'm all out of love. It was a song I listened to. I tell you, I almost cried every time I sang it. That's not a love song. That's a depressing song. But all it was all about was me. But when I look in the scriptures and when I see how Christ operated, everything he did was not about him. It was about you. And he defined love not as to what I get or the emotion or the stimulus or the satisfaction that I get, He said, I love because he loved us. And everything he did was out of him. So when Pastor Nelson shared that, that's a powerful thought. Everything that Christ did, he did from love. Can you imagine everything you do is based in love? I don't know about you, but I'd have a hard time doing it for 24 hours. Come on, can we be honest? The dog yips and the dog yaps, and then the children do this and the children do that, and then and and all of a sudden it's like I'm off target. Everything Christ did, the priority of how Jesus was moved was based upon love. Another thought that Pastor Nelson shared in relation to that to that, is the kingdom living is not a theory, it is reality. The kingdom is based upon the love of God. And it's not some theoretical or some atheoretical thing out in the sky or somewhere. It is here and it's reality. Everything you do conveys and shows and portrays the kingdom of God. Pastor Nelson shared on that. Then the following week after that, Winona shared. And she shared on enlarging our hearts to love. And I just feel in my spirit, I don't want to forget or miss some of these things because there were some powerful things. Enlarging our capacity to love. How do you enlarge your capacity to do something? I got a funny story. About a year ago, my sons, my two sons, asked me if I'd like to go for a jog. I don't look too bad. It's not that bad. So I thought, I can do that. At first I said no, and then I thought, you know what? My youngest son was 19, he's turning 20, he is 20 now, and I thought, if they still want to run and play with me, I'd be a fool to miss it. So... I threw on my running gear. I got up with them, and we left the house. We got out of the driveway, and they were 20 yards ahead of me. I ran approximately 300 yards, and they were literally 500 yards ahead. No kidding. I got across Mount Lehman Road, and my heart was like, (laughs) I was gassed. I literally stopped running, and I could barely walk. And I'm going, and I'd walk for a bit, and then I'd try to run, and it's like, my goodness, I mean, I was probably running as fast as some of you walk. I mean, it was not good. And I looked, and my boys were running down Marshall all the way to Town Line, and I saw them when they turned, hit Town Line, I saw them turn around. That was my cue to turn around. There's no way I was going all the way down there and back. I figured if they're halfway, I'll be halfway. And I I like mathematics, so I figured I did, did what they call similar fractions. And I just figured if they went halfway and I was halfway, we'd meet back at the end. You know, like. So I turned around, they turned around, and God bless. I got two sons, Joshua and Justin. Justin, I think he's got some of his mom inside of him. And he passed me. He didn't even look. He just passed me and kept running. <laughs> My other son, Joshua, I think he has got a bit of me in him. He, What does he do? He passes me and then he stops. And he turns around and says, you can do it, Dad. And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I got home. It took me a few days to recover. And I was embarrassed. I was Embarrassed because I always thought I was in shape what I determined after that point I determined that I was going to enlarge my capacity to run so you know what I did every day I got up and I started to jog and walk <laughs> and it got to the point where I actually ran all the way to town line then I'd walk back, and that took me, like, quite a while. It didn't happen in two days. Then I got to the point where I ran all the way to town line, which is just over a mile. It's not like 50 yards. It's, it's a distance. I ran all the way to town line. I started coming back. Finally, I got to the point where I ran all the way to town line, and I got back all the way to the house. <laughs> I actually got into my driveway, and I'm like this. It felt like I was rocky, you know, like I won, I won, I won. Nobody's there to watch me. But I enlarged my capacity, but it was something I had to do every single day. Then I decided my, my bones were complaining to me, so I decided I'd start bike riding. So my daughter Vanessa takes me for a bike ride and we're no sooner halfway to the airport, which is a mile and a half or two miles from my house, we're no sooner two miles or a mile into it and my legs are burning and she's like ahead of me and I can't keep up. I mean, I got beat by a girl. I got pride. So I decided that ain't going to happen again. So you know what I did? I enlarged my capacity to bike ride. So I got up every day. I went for a bike ride. Now, they don't want to ride with me. You know why? Because I show no mercy. (laughs) I'm going to be in front. I'm leading. I'm going. Every time I get in there, I time myself, and I go as fast as I can, as hard as I can. But what I did was I enlarged my capacity by doing it and training and working. I found I couldn't enlarge my capacity if I stayed in bed or if I sat on the couch. There's times I've actually, when I was running, I'd get up at 6.30 in the morning, 6, 6 6.30, and I'd get out of the house. I know none of you have ever done this. I got out of the house, down the stairs, Ran the 70 yards to the driveway, crossed the road, and started to get into the lane. And I thought, I could turn around and nobody would know that I didn't do it. I could do whatever I wanted to, but I was determined inside of me that I was going to enlarge my capacity. So last week, I asked Vanessa if she wanted to go for a ride. I see she walks in now, and she said, No, because you're way too fast and she doesn't have the right bike. It's not fair. <laughs> It ain't fair. But you enlarge your capacity by doing it. So I believe we heard from an evangelist something that I think is critical and crucial in our growth and our personal lives is how to share the gospel. And he took it out of John 4. And he had five thoughts out of John 4 when Jesus met the woman at the well. And if you want, I've got them in my notes and I'll be happy to tweet them out or put it on Facebook again. And Pastor Nelson shared on love and how everything that Jesus did, his priority was functioning out of love. That's a powerful thought. And then my wife did a phenomenal job. I think she, you know, if I had to judge it, I think she did better than Pastor Nelson, but I, I, don't, judge, I don't judge those things. But she did a great job that's <laughs> <laughs> enlarging our capacity to love. And then last week, we had a great weekend on how to, to see the healing of how Jesus healed. And we learned two major things one was there was a model, and the second thing we learned was there's not a model. So there's there's an aspect that you can see in how Jesus ministered. He'd ask a question. What do you want? Then he'd ask his father, because he says, I don't do anything that I don't see my father doing. Then what he would do is he'd initiate an encounter. He'd share the good news with them. And then he would look to Jesus, or he'd look to the father, and he'd say, All authority, I have all authority, so now I'm going to release God's goodness on you. And I think we understood and we were equipped, we've been equipped the last month, time and time again, on love and how to share God's love and how to release His goodness. So I want to just, I want to take a few moments to think about that. I want us to, to, to think about, to regurgitate, I don't want to just continue on having one sermon after another. I've got some verses I'd like to share with you that I will but I want to take a few minutes this morning and just remind us of the goodness of God, and it is through the avenue or the vehicle or the catalyst of love. And this morning in worship, the love of God was just flowing. And there's some of you here that crave to be accepted. There's some of you here that just... Everything inside of you just screams, can you hear me? There's some of you here that just would love to just stand on top of the chair and yell and scream and say, I am a person in this world. Nobody notices me. Nobody sees me. There's some things like that that have inside of us. I'm here to tell you, God sees you. God loves you. I may not understand. I may not hear. I may not quite articulate everything that you feel. But God hears you and he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. So I think we've had some time sensitive material delivered to us. Pastor Jim last week made an interesting um, observation or comment. He said, if you don't practice on it, you lose it. And I actually found that out because last summer, talking about my bike riding and my running, I, I had a bit of a sore hip, so I actually stopped for about a month and a half. And when I came back, I couldn't do it as quick or as good as I did it when I stopped. I had to build up my stamina again. So I want to encourage you as part of the sermon this morning is practice what you've learned. Now some of you might be inclined to share the gospel and you're easier at doing it. Some of you might be more extroverted than some of us that are introverted. That doesn't matter to God. He can bring people across your way and across your path that you can share the gospel with. He might bring somebody across your path that isn't feeling well, you now understand an aspect of how you can pray for somebody. God's will is not for somebody to stay sick. I don't see that in the Scriptures. Everybody that came to Christ, He healed them. He didn't say, oh, I only work from 9 to 5. It's 5.03... Doors are locked. See you tomorrow. They came to him and he healed them. So I believe we've been given some tools and some aspects and equipping on how to show God's love. I'd like you to turn to John chapter 15. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. I'm going to take a few minutes to to show you some thoughts in there. If you could turn to John chapter 15. And we're going to read about 15 verses. We're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to verse, the end of verse 17. Everybody got it there? John 15? I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in His love. I've told you this so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow, I command you to love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants. Because a master does not confide in his servants. No, Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You did not choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. I command you to love each other. Interesting passage. He starts by talking about fruit, abiding, and as I read this passage, he goes through about four or five different things. But every time, they're, they're, he connects one to the another, and then he connects back to it, and then he connects something back to that one. And, and he, he jumps around a little bit, and I just want to show you just very quickly the attractiveness of abiding. Abiding is a good thing. First of all, you get fruit. Who likes fruit? You have to abide. My fruit that I want in my exercise regime is that I will beat my children. I'm sorry, i got to be honest with you. I don't like to get beat by my children. So one of my fruits that I'm asking God for, and I'm planting seeds in my children, so if they're beating me really badly, they'll let up and they'll let Dad win. Uh, No, I'm out of pity. I don't care what it is as long as I win. But when you abide in something, you get the results of it. Investors will tell you, if you put your money into something, keep it in there, and in the long run, it will pay off. If you keep dragging your money out and putting it in somewhere else and dragging it, you don't get the results. Spiritually, If you go jumping and looking from one church to another to another to another and every time something doesn't go the way you want, what happens is you actually don't get your roots in and you start pulling up your roots every time. And what happens is you don't get the fruit that abounds. There's something spiritually about getting your root deep into the river, into the soil that God has for you. So a few things that Jesus talks about. He talks about fruit. Not only fruit, but then he talks, he actually gives a fruit. Then he gives more fruit and then he goes much fruit. Do you know God is interested that you have fruit in your life? God is interested that you actually have fruit in your life. God is not interested that you just come to church, sit down in the pew and say hallelujah, amen, put your tithe in and walk out. He is interested that you have fruit in your life. He is committed to it. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear fruit. Say that. That's grown-up talk. (laughs) Hallelujah. He goes from that, talking about the vine, in verse 7. If you stay joined... To me, and my words remain in you, you may ask what you like, and it will be granted. Boy, I'd like to shout amen at that. Do you know God is interested in giving you good things? He is not a cosmic killjoy. He is the Father of all good things. He is the Father of light and He comes to give His life. He gave life eternal. When we were in darkness, He came to pull us into His light. We did not qualify. He came and He called us. I did not one day wake up to an enlightenment. I one day wake, woke up and realized I was a sinner and I was in need of my Savior who took me from darkness and he put me into his team, which is team light. His, he wants you to be happy. He likes it when his kids are happy. He says, I want your joy to be full. In fact, if you read this passage, he says, I want my joy. So you want the real kind of joy, the Jesus kind of joy. He says, I want my joy to be in you and to be full. How? Through abiding. It's through committing, it's through continuing, it's through staying the course, it's in getting up early and exercising, it's in getting up when the weather is ugly and doing what is needed to get to that goal. I will stay committed to that, I will not quit, I will be abiding, I will continue in that. There are benefits to abiding and I just find this passage interesting, he goes from joy, He goes, then then all of a sudden he gets into verse 9 and he says, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And in the whole context of abiding, he now throws in love. I find the more I look at Scripture, the harder it is to find one single thing because everything I find in Scripture has a relationship to another. Pastor Nelson will sometimes joke and talk when, when he does a study he had to learn how to be very careful because as he studied, things just open up to you. So when he first started to study... He, he, he tells a story that one of the teachers says, no, you got you to gotta stay full because he, he got into something and it just one other one thing opened up and then he went there and wow, that's exciting and then another thing opened up and all of a sudden, because when, what you find with God is everything is connected and it's connected here, it's connected there, it's connected there and you can't just take one singular thing. You can't just take God's love without taking abiding in him and you can't take just God's love without taking his joy. And you can't take His love without taking, asking things from Him. And you can't take asking things from Him without loving Him. And you can't just take loving Him without seeing how He cares for you. And you can't take just how He cares with you without seeing how He wants you to abide in Him. They're, they're connected. Like a woman's brain. Everything. Connected. It's the amazing thing with the gospel. And in this passage, I just see one connection after another, after another, after another. He talks about abiding. He talks about asking. He says, I want your joy to be full. He says, not only that, he says, but but I'm love. I've loved you the way the Father has told me to love you. Remain in that. I find that verse amazing. When you obey me, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. He connects obedience with love. You can't have one. There's so much related to the love of God. It's not just a singular aspect of the God. It is everything. He connects His Father. He continues down. This, This is an amazing part. Verse 14. You are my friends, if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. in that passage and that picture, the Roman Empire had had been in the um, was one of the world powers at that time, and there was the the custom or the aspect of the culture that the king had friends. Not his generals, not his workers, but he had friends. And they were called his friends, and those friends, in relationship to the king, had the privilege and the opportunity to actually visit the king in his bedroom. They didn't have to wait for the scepter to come out. They had the ability and in fact in some aspect you could almost argue that they had the right because they were friends of the king that they had the right to go and see the king in his most vulnerable intimate space in his bedroom. And in the setting of this scripture, when Jesus is telling them this, this is the backdrop of what he means by being a friend. He doesn't just mean, hi, how you doing? How was your week? See you next week. He's talking about somebody that had the privilege of spending time with the king. And the king would talk to these guys and talk to them before he talked to his generals. Hmm. He calls you a friend. He wants to talk to you before he sets out the order of the day. He's prepared to talk to you. Before the king runs out on his duties and with his kingdom, they come into his bedroom and he talks about the day. He says, I don't call you servants. I don't call you generals. I don't call you workers. I call you friends. There was A release of secrets by being with the king. That was a privilege. Not everybody had the opportunity to go see the king in his bedroom. But his friends, his friends got to see him before the day was started. Jesus says, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. Do you know that God, Jesus, wants to talk to you? The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you in the morning before you get going in your day, before he even gets active in your day, and he wants to spend time with you and give you secrets and talk to you as a man to man, as face to face, as intimate as you can be. Before the hustle bustle of the day starts, he says, I'm your king and you're my friend. Come on over. I don't call you servants. And he says, there's things that I tell you that I don't tell other people. That's what he says. He says, if you're servants, you just do what you're told. He says, but you're not my servant. He says, I confide in you. I conf- he wants to tell you things that he doesn't tell other people. You don't believe that? There's other verses in the Bible where it says he will not do a thing without telling it to his prophets. God will reveal things to you when you take the time to spend with him. And you know what? That's connected to love. That's connected to abiding. That's connected to joy. That's connected to the friendship. You can't just separate them. This is the whole aspect of God and Christ and living in him. And abiding in Him. A couple other things, He wants you to know Him. That whole aspect of Him. He says, the Master does not confide in His servants. Now you are my friends, listen to this, since I have told you everything the Father has told me. That's verse 15. abiding in Him, love, joy, answering my requests, friendship. He will reveal things to me. These things are all connected. He's having a conversation with them, and He goes from abiding in the vine and the fruit all the way through to joy, to love, to friendship. When you walk in the love of God, there is nothing that is lacking in your relationship with Him. It doesn't matter if you don't think you have friends, he satisfies that. He can give you joy. He can give you the requests of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's what it says, Psalms 37:4. It doesn't say he might. And that's not just a verse by itself. God is interested. When we walk in His love, what we are doing is we are expressing everything who He is. His love is not exclusionary. It's inclusive. It's not exclusive. You have to... His love is inclusive. He wants to make you complete. Verse 16. The back end of that verse, he says, my father will give you whatever you ask using my name. The beginning of that verse, do you know you're chosen? You did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go produce fruit that will last. As I've meditated on this last month the theme that, that seems to have come front and center to me is the theme love the thought love one of the strategies or, or the thoughts behind I pray and one for two is is when God brings that individual or that family across my path it's not my job to save them but it's my job to love on them Okay. It's my job to show them God's love. It says in the Bible that one person plants the seed, another person waters, but he brings the increase. We've seen, and I'll put it out on Facebook this week, five aspects of sharing the gospel. Gospels 101, gospel for dummies. (laughs) I'm a candidate there. Very simple way of how to share the good news of God. We saw last week from people that move in healing. How to share the good news of Christ via healing. Pastor Nelson preached a tremendous service sermon on love. And having love is the motive for what we do. My wife even went up one further and preached on how to enlarge our capacity to love. We're at a point where, as they would say, the rubber's hitting the road. I'm not asking you to change some of your, your your, the way you do things, but what I'm asking you to do is change the first thought. You know, you can change some of these things, but if we don't get the first thought, we miss it. And I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you that we change the way we act. Everything I do is grounded in love. In fact, as a pastor, I am challenged by God And I will say that everything I do, I want to do from love. Not for myself, not for gain, not for no notoriety, not for popularity, not for sustenance, but everything I do, I do from the basis of love. Every response I have is grounded in love. It doesn't mean that there won't be discipline or correction, but what it does is when those things come into play, it's through love. When I correct my children, I correct them from love. I love my children. I would give them everything I could, but there's some things I won't give them. It's not because I don't love them. It's because I love them. My MO, my mode of operation is love. My default setting is love. Have you ever met somebody that does not have the default setting love and the moment they get pressure or something comes on them, all of a sudden they, whew, and it's like they flip. And you go, what just happened? The straw that broke the camel's back. We've been learning about this. We've been seeing this. We've been equipped. We have our tool belt, and we've got these tools in there. And I want to encourage you, the greatest tool that you can have is love. And if you read this passage in John, he connects so many things to love. You read the passage in 1 Corinthians 13. You read the passage in Romans 8 where he talks about nothing can separate us. From the love of God. And it is that love, that agape, that feeling, that love feast, that is the way that my body and my mind and my spirit will function. And I am determined with everything inside of me that I will not act in anger, that I will not act in distrust, that I will not act out of spite, but that I will act out of love. And there's times when that's tough. I haven't got it 100%. Don't ask my wife, but I tell you, I haven't got it 100%. But I'm learning. I was a little snappy yesterday. My wife knows that. She knows when I'm snappy. I walked out of the room... And God spoke to me and he said, David, are you walking in love? You know, I had to turn around and I had to shut up. And I had to love my kids. It's not that they were bad. I'm not saying, what I'm saying is I had to, every situation that I have, I have to start operating from love. I will abide in him. By the way, my kids are awesome. Okay, I know. We're going to have healing time for them. My kids are great. I'm the one that's the problem. Your kids aren't the problem. Deal with yourself first. Amen? Yeah, my daughter said amen. Preach it, Dad. I believe we have some time-sensitive material I want to encourage you, as you pray, one of the thoughts and one of the the strategies, my wife shared it, was not only do you pray for the other individual, but you ask God to make your heart a heart that is full of love, so when that individual comes, you don't judge them, you don't correct them, you just love on them. That's challenging, especially when you have the answer. So I want to encourage you. I, I, I was sharing with Pastor Nelson and, and Winona just the aspect of love. I, says, I think we need to spend a little bit of time on the subject of love because I think that's critical on how we move forward. I think it's critical on how I react and interreact with people. Do I love them? Do I function from love? Amen. I want to encourage you to walk in love. My wife used the phrase, "How she's been challenged in everything she does. Does she accurately portray the love of God?" Amen. I want to pray for you. I don't mean to be heavy. That's not my goal. If you know me, I like to tell jokes and I like to laugh and I like to smile. So I want to encourage you today. I'm asking God, when I pray for these people that I have on my list and I pray for you, I'm asking God that those individuals would come across your path and that you would show God's love to them. That's what it's all about. Showing his love. It's not beating him with a stick. It's loving him with God. Amen? We're going to close in prayer. Well, there's a few amens I could have heard there. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I ask that we would operate in love. I ask that you would cause us, God, to have love as our default position, that we would function and operate with the mindset and the landscape and the background of love in everything we do. And as, as we go this week, Lord, I ask, oh God, that our first thought would be love. In your precious name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.